Rainbow Rebellion we we formed um, last year um, as we kind of relaunched the name with members of um, Equal Love um, that were part of the marriage equality campaign. Um, And we were prompted last year by the um, just what we see as the complete corporatisation of of Pride these days. So um, we um, had a float and... um, the police also have floats. They have about they had about three floats, I think. Um, Woodside were major sponsors of um, the parade, um, and there was an incident where um, Pride decided um, they needed to limit the number of floats, um, and so they were going to issue wristbands. And what happened was that the um, big corporate floats and the the sponsors floats. Um, you know, were given a lot more wristbands than um, groups like um, Transfolk WA. That's what made everyone really angry because, you know, the trans community, um, you know, if anyone knows the history of Stonewall, it was it was actually black trans women, you know, the most marginalised people in the LGBTI community who sparked off the riots that, that ultimately um, ended up in um, the decriminalisation of homosexuality and anyway the trans folk WA were only, were only given like I don't know a tiny amount of wristbands it was 20 odd or something um, and so people were outraged and um, everyone was rallying around saying well we'll we'll give them our, our wristbands but we decided no that um, wristbands were absolutely outrageous and so we decided we were going to have our own float we encouraged people to ditch their wristbands um, we encourage the crowd to like jump the barriers and join our float um, with the premise that you know the origins of pride was supposed to be that grassroots struggle and to limit grassroots groups marching in the parade in favour of you know corporate sponsors was was just totally outrageous. So that's what um, sparked it off last year. Certainly, and I, I guess there's. Perhaps a, an argument to play uh, devil's advocate, though, that there's been you know these huge campaigns and social movements, particularly in the last uh, couple of decades here, that have pushed through uh, things such as uh, marriage equality and and other issues affecting LGBTQI people, and and then it, perhaps there's this argument from the mainstream that well you know the the queer community have obtained civil rights, have obtained some form of equality, and therefore let's just make Prior to celebration, let's remove the politics from it. What, what do you what do you say to people like that? I imagine uh, Rainbow Rebellion comes up against that argument quite a bit. What, what do you say to pe- people when they say, "Well, look, you know, let's just make this a big party. You know, we don't need to protest anymore. We've got nothing to protest for." Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, great gains have been made, and there is a reason to celebrate. But um, the point is that the struggle is still very much vital and um, needed. I mean, if we look at, um, for example, the in the uh, budget recently this year, the Labor government quietly um, scrapped all funding for inclusive education. Now, inclusive education was um, basically the program that was the original Safe Schools, where they had to change the name of it because it was so politicised. Um, but it was quietly carrying on under inclusive education and this was a program um, that basically provided resources for um, teachers mainly so that they could um, have have the tools to basically um, address 
any problems of discrimination or ignorance within schools. Um, and that was made even more vital by um, the whole uh, Basil Zemplis episode where um, his complete ignorance led to some pretty vile transphobic um, comments on um, national radio. You know, he has a huge platform. He's a, a sports commentator on Channel 7. He had his radio program. Uh, he has a column in the West Australian. Um, and ironically, uh, in his apology and Transfect WA now saying, you know, it's all good because we're working with him um, with uh, providing education. And of course, if someone like Basil had received the inclusive education, um, which is, you know, as I said, the funding has been cut from in schools, then he wouldn't need now to <laughs> have extra education as a mayor to even just say the right things, you know. Um, so, yeah, inclusive education has been scrapped. We've got um, Mark Latham of One Nation over in New South Wales um, proposing a bill that will literally um, allow uh, trans um, teachers, kids to be thrown out of schools. Um, the bill literally denies, says literally denies the existence of trans people. We have um, here at the Children's Hospital um, wait times now for, we only have the one gender diversity clinic in a children's hospital um, and kids now are having to wait up to five years to get um, medical support. And if you think in terms of, you know, a kid going through puberty, having to face transition um, five years is incredibly long, long time to be, you know, dealing to not mm. be able to um, deal with the, the being trans. Um, so there, you know, there is still very much uh, a need for the struggle, and more so because because of this misconception that you know everything's all great now in the LGBTI community and there is no discrimination anymore, and you know they have the same rights. When they absolutely don't. I mean, trans people especially are still undiscriminated against in terms of housing, employment, schooling, health. Um, yeah, the struggle's definitely not over, and people need to be aware of that. Now, during the uh, marriage equality campaign, there were some people, I guess, from the more radical uh, queer movements who were arguing to some extent that mar marriage equality equality can be considered an assimilationist uh, sort of movement and policy. Now, while I wouldn't necessarily, you know, say that, that that's that, that's the case, they, there always seems to be, I guess, within any social movement, of course, there are conservatizing elements, there are more reformist elements, and there certainly seems to be a, a situation where after marriage equality here, you know, the campaign in Australia, you know, there was a, a little bit of a, well, everything's fine now, as, as, as you've been discussing there, but obviously it's not, as you've also been discussing. Do you think that there's an element within the LGBTQI community itself that is attempting to try and, I guess, somewhat hijack these more radical movements and to you know, pretend as though everything's okay and just to ensure that, you know, take the activism and the protest out, let's just, you know, celebrate things and pretend as though everything's fine. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's you know, it's the problem of capitalism. They can they can make money money out of it. I mean, we couldn't have a, a parade this year, obviously, because of COVID, but um, Pride WA um, organised things like there was a, a what was... A, a luncheon, a corporate luncheon at Crown Casino, um, where they had a panel 
that consisted of um, an executive director of Fortescue Metals, had a risk officer from Bank West, um, had uh, the editor of West Australian, Julie Bishop. Um, it's just a classic uh, pinkwashing where they take LGBTI issues and um, use them to basically profit off the profit off of them without having to address the you know the real struggles faced by that community now earlier you mentioned the the stonewall riots and the history of, of pride how and, and I, I believe rainbow rebellion had a, had a protest on saturday where a, a few hundred people turned out on, on the streets of perth as a sort of alternative to the pride parade that would have as you said would have normally taken place Looking at that that history of kind of more revolutionary and radical queer struggle, how can that be reintroduced into LGBTQI uh, politics, and, and and in what forms do you see it taking place now? Well, uh, Rainbow Rebellion are um, an activist organisation, um, and the belief there is that I mean, you you look at history any form of progressive change has always come about through uh, mass mobilisation of people on the streets. Um, that was the origins of Pride. Um, it was literally um, turned into a riot, one of the, one of the great chants, Rainbow Rehab, is, we will not be quiet, Stonewall was a riot. It's this idea of that um, government, as is being shown, what you just talked about, the whole corporatisation of um the, the struggle and the, the bills being introduced within Parliament um, is not the, we believe, not not the best way to bring about change. Obviously, you know, every every effort helps. And if you have a voice in Parliament, you know, introducing um, bills to end the discrimination, yes, that's great. But history has shown that, that every progressive change, you know, in the civil rights movement, the LGBTI route, movement, the the women's movement has only ever come about through mass mobilisation of people on the streets. Um, so that's the way we see to um, force governments to listen and to, to bring about real progressive change, not just token um, celebratory, yes, everything's hunky-dory now and, you know, here's a bit of money from our sponsors. 